This podcast is brought to you by Rehoy & Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks once again to Rehoy for their support of the show. Coming up this week, we'll reflect on a significant weekend in the FNB Premier League title race, reaction to a victory for North and defeat for Rovers to come. We'll also speak to a young man who's made a big impact over the last 12 months, North and GFC forward Brandon Wallace, about his breakthrough into the island football ranks and the challenges he's had to overcome along the way. Plus, we'll have a tribute to former all and EFC chairman Reg Atkins, who's died after a long illness at the age of 73. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me this week is Gareth DeProvo. Hi, Tony. And James Faller. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you both. Um, let's start with the Premier League then. Um, yeah, a couple of very significant results at the top of the table. Um, Friday night saw North beat Saints 4-2 at the Northfield. And then on Saturday, uh, just across the road, it was a disappointing afternoon for Rovers, um, who lost by a single goal at Vale Rec. Um, let's start with Friday night's action then. A few more goals to describe there. Gareth, you were there. Um, it sounded like an exciting game. And um, yeah, we spoke about it ahead of it. Saints, kind of the... You can't really call them dark horses, can you? But maybe in this this title race they are. Um, we talked up their chances, but um, yeah, defeat for them and, and a big win for North. Yeah, North deserved that the three points, Tony. I thought they were the better side for the vast majority of the game. It was a it was a bit of a seesaw encounter for sure. Um, the quality wasn't great because of the nature of the pitch, but um, the actual entertainment itself was was still there. North went ahead through Carl Smith uh, early on actually, and then they pretty much dominated the first half hour or so. Um, Saints actually changed formation sort of midway through the first half. They had started with three at the back. They went to a, a back four. Um, and then it, it was still a bit out of the blue, but they got a equaliser through George Mason. And then um, they were really buoyed by that goal, played really well for the rest of the first half, got another through Finn Duport. And uh, they went in 2-1 up. Um, they also, they'd lost George Mason just on the point of half time to a sin binning for, for a, uh, a bit of dissent. Um, but I thought they managed the game pretty well with 10 men um, for the first 10 minutes of the second half. And then well, once they got back up to a full complement, actually, it was it was North who were by far the better side for the rest of the game, really. And uh, they equalised through a really good goal from um, Woolbridge, which was set up by uh, River Marsh, who I, I thought really sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck. He was sort of led by example, the, the North captain. He, he, you could tell there was, sort of, there was just a moment where you just thought he, he wants to influence this game. He was going to get on the ball a lot more often. Um, so he set up the goal. Owen Woolbridge took it really well. Then Luke Mollett headed in the third from a Ryan Lamb free kick. And um, yeah, it was finished off. It was a really nice goal to finish it off um, with... Um, Luke Mollett, again, he, he provided the assist for this one. He was sort of shaping to play a ball out to the right. I think he obviously heard Carl Smith's call for the ball as Carl made a run. And he sort of hit a reverse ball through. It was perfect. And Carl Smith just took it in his stride and he, he wasn't going to miss one-on-one. -on -one. So, um, yeah, North deserved to win. I think Saints will be pretty disappointed with their overall performance. They, they did have that purple patch at the end of the first half, but um, they can really have no complaints about um, coming away with nothing from that one. Yeah, and Jim, having seen that um, Rovers, given the sort of lay of the land, it would have been the result they probably wanted, um, but they couldn't capitalise it on Saturday. Yeah, Gareth has just described more goals than I saw shots uh, <laughs> at the corporate field on, on Saturday. Um, really uh, disappointing game. Rovers um, 
uh, you know, never, never truly turned up. Uh, you know, obviously they were without Finn Whitwell for the first time, but I think perhaps arguably the bigger issue is they're also missing Aidan Mackay and Sammy Hall in midfield. And as a result, you know, they never really connected up front. It was, um, you know, and, and the game was was tight, scrappy. You know, really few chances from both sides. Nil-nil uh, at half time, and then first minute of the second half, Rovers conceded a free kick on the edge of their box, and uh, Thiago um, Rodriguez strikes this ball beautifully into the top corner. Now it's available through uh, Verrex technology, so it's on various platforms, and no doubt you can see the strike and uh, and realise that you know how what a what a good goal it was. But um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps a goal that could have won better affairs than this. I did say in the match report. The two sides meet next week in the Stranger Cup final, and uh, I really hope it's better, <laughs> better fair than that. Yeah, an interesting uh, couple of results, and as far as the title race is concerned. Um, so the way it stands after the weekend, Rovers still top, um, played 16, 36 points. North, game in hand on them, five points back. Um, Saints have got two games in hand on Rovers still, um, eight points back. And, and Valrec as well, two games in hand on Rovers. Probably, you would say, not involved in the title race as such, but... Um, you know, they'll have a big say. And yeah, I mean, looking at the fixtures, Gareth, which you've got in front of you, um, yeah, how do you see it playing out over the next couple of weeks after what we saw at the weekend? I'd say it's pretty difficult to call, Tony. I'd, I'd, I'd still probably rather be in Rover's position, obviously having a five-point lead um, is, is better than having to, to sort of play catch-up. But uh, obviously the loss of Finn Whitmore's a big, big uh, impact, is going to have a big impact on them. Um, North, if they can continue to get sort of a, a stronger side out as, as they managed on, on last Friday, where I thought they looked very good. Uh, certainly, the, the front three looked very dangerous. Um, they they could put a run together. Um, the one thing for North um, is that Valrec always up their game against North. You know that local Granfort Road derby. It's always liable that Valrec might take a result off them at some point in the season. Uh, and they've got them back to back coming up. So um, if North were to take six points from those two games, I would very much fancy him to go on to probably perhaps just nick it at the end. But that's a very big if against Valrec and they will have a huge say in the title race because they've also got to play um, Saints as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it is difficult to call. I'd, I'd, I'd say Saints after last Friday's result would be the outsiders of three. They're not totally out of it. I think they've done very well under Jason Lehman, to be fair. He's, he's sort of taken over mid-season. And um, they put a good run together, but I, I would I'd hazard a guess that the winners will be either Rovers and North. I'd rather be in Rovers' position right now, but by the end of sort of February time, it'd be I'd, I might have to reevaluate that. To be honest, well, it's in Rovers' hands, isn't it? I mean, they've got five games to go. Four of them are against the bottom four. However, you know, sometimes it seems quite you know when you've won as many games as Rovers have this season, it seems quite routine to win matches. When you've got to do it game after game consistently mm. under pressure. Uh, then things can change, but frankly, yeah, if any one of those sides wants to go on and win win the title, really, they've got to win all their games yeah. or all but one of their games. You know, that's quite quite a big ask. And mm. as we said last week, they're not really playing each other. The only game between each other now is Rovers against Saints in a couple of weeks' time. Well, it's a question I'm going to be asking you probably every week for the next eight weeks or so. Um, just mentioned the other two results of the weekend. Um, Rangers and Bells drew one all. Sylvan's 1-0 winners at home against Alderney. Um, and that's ahead of a, another interesting set of fixtures um, this weekend. Um, as far as those three at the top go, Rovers go up to Alderney. Um, Saints are at Rangers. And as you said, um, North are at 
at uh, Corbett Field to take on Velrec Bells and Sylvans the other game. So um, yeah, we'll check in again next week and and see how this title race has uh, has been changed. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. Um, right, that's just about it for part one. Coming up next, we'll be talking to Brandon Wallace. Welcome back to the Guns Press Football Podcast. Right before we talk GFC and hear from Brandon Wallace. Um, Got to mention Mayor Letizia, who um, started and won uh, with England's Lionesses um, against Italy on Sunday. Um, I suppose it says something about how quickly she sort of embedded herself into into the national squad that um, that she didn't sort of lead the agenda on today's pod. But um, yeah, fantastic performance, uh, winning a lot of plaudits uh, online on Twitter, um, and uh, you know I'm sure a, a massive occasion to savour for her first appearance on home soil and, uh, and a victory as well, Gareth. Yeah, she um, played right back against Italy the whole 90 minutes. And um, from what I saw of it, I saw pretty much most of the second half. I, I thought she did well. She, um, as uh, Karen Carney on the commentary actually mentioned, I think I think her, her sort of her long-term ambitions will be at centre-back for sort of club and country. I think she's perhaps um, just more sort of perhaps defensive-minded in that regard. But she she did more than, more than adequately on, on Sunday. Um, and it's great for her to actually be able to say that she's been part of a of an England side on home soil and and uh, got a win to her name as well because I mean her her debut against Norway ended in a draw in down in Spain in November, um, but May is showing herself to be very adept at that level. She looks confident. She looks composed. She, I mean she's learning all the time. She's only twenty or whatever um, she is, and um, she's got such a huge future ahead of her. But um, she. Um, she seemed to enjoy playing alongside her, her old mate um, Katie Robinson, who made her starting debut for England and actually um, got an assist as well. Um, but yeah, things are looking promising for May. I'm not sure if she'll be starting in the last game of the Arnold Clark Cup, but the fact that Serena Wiegmann wants to give all her squad sort of decent minutes is is great for the youngsters as well as it is for the established stars and. Um, obviously, I think Lucy Bronze is going to be the, the starting right back when it comes to the World Cup. But just being able to get on the pitch and play for 90 minutes is not going to do Mayor any harm at all when it comes to putting forward her credentials to go to Australia in the summer. Yeah, in front of 30,000 plus. Um, just fantastic to see the scenes as well at the end. You know, she just looks um, obviously like she's having the time of her life and, and just so comfortable in, in that environment, which is, um, yeah, as you say, for someone who's still so young, is, uh, is really impressive. Um, yeah, England finish the Arnold Clark Cup in Bristol, Ashton Gate on Wednesday against Belgium. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Right, let's talk GF. They were away at the weekend, a 4-2 defeat at Ashford Town. And the way the other results went at the bottom of the table, um, yeah, things really bunching up there. It, it was almost pretty much a mirror image of what happened in the Premier League, that uh, everyone in the bottom three, I think, won on Saturday. So it came as a bit of a shock. Um, GFC had been sort of going well with a couple of home wins and uh, Ashford... Um, weren't we're only a couple of places above GSC, but they I think they deserve their victory on on Saturday and yeah just uh, just to rub salt into the GFC wounds I think they look and they've dropped a place in the table because of the other results going against them as well but uh, there's still a long way to go mm-hmm. yeah exactly and they're straight back off to Binfield um, tomorrow evening team they of course beat um, just the other week um, but that won't be an easy trip on a Tuesday night then back home against Chertsey Town this Saturday in a one o'clock kickoff um, now one man who was an unused substitute uh, in that game against Ashford Town was Brandon Wallace. Um, He's been a a real uh, pleasure to watch um, playing 
thing for, for GFC this season, as he has been for North um, in the last couple of years. Uh, a youngster who's made a really big impression, um, hasn't he? And has almost become the, um, well, certainly in the absence of Ross Allen when, uh, when, it, when he was off for the last few weeks, he became the real sort of focal point for, for GFC and the Green Lions. Cause yeah, you get the impression that um, Brandon, he's obviously been working very hard with the GFC squad throughout the season. And after last year, sort of impressing so much in part of that successful under eight, Ireland under-18 side who won the Stranger Cup, you just get the impression that um, despite all the hard work, Tony, Tony Vance has basically instructed him to go out there and enjoy yourself and just show what you can do, you know. And um, he's he's very prepared to take people on. He, he's um, not afraid of shooting from distance. And yeah, like you say, Tony, just he provides a spark, which just it just gets, certainly in the home games, it gets the crowd excited. And that just helps build momentum for the team as well. And uh, yeah, he's been a bit of a, a breath, breath of fresh air for, for GFC so far this season. Yeah, he covers a lot of ground. Um, 12 appearances he's made for the Green Lions. Hasn't got his goal yet, but he's been very close. Um, well, here's what Brandon had to say when we caught up with him. Brandon, welcome to the pod. Great to see you. Yeah, and yourself. Thanks for coming in. Obviously a busy week. You're away at the weekend and uh, and away again on Tuesday night. So um, yeah, lots going on in the world of football for you at the moment. Um, you didn't actually get on the pitch on Saturday though, so it's not great timing for us to have you in. Um, but yeah, what did you make of the, the performance and the result? Obviously a disappointing day. Yeah, obviously a disappointing result, especially after the form we've been on. But I'm sure the boys will bounce back and hopefully get a result on Tuesday and then move on to home on Saturday. Yeah, another busy week. Um, I mean, you've, you've really made a big impression uh, in a Green Lion shirt this season. Um, yeah, just talk us through what it's been like kind of, um, you know, sort of getting into that squad and, and, and making yourself a, a kind of regular in uh, in the Guernsey shirt. Uh, how you found it so far? Oh, obviously, buzzing for it to come around so quick. Didn't expect it, but I've been training well and it's given me the opportunity to play for the Green Lions and express myself and put in performances that I think can and will hopefully keep my starting spot at times but obviously still a lot to go through I'm only young and anything can happen yeah it's something that um, we've mentioned before Brandon but when you when you sort of like got put into the GFC side what what sort of messages were you getting from perhaps Tony Vance and the rest of the coaching team was it a case of just just go out enjoy yourself and express yourself yeah for sure obviously I've done that so far in the pre and they've seen that and were like just do the same as you did in the pre Obviously, I don't get too many chances in the GFC shirt. I've had a few, which I probably would have tucked away in the Prio, but sometimes it's like that. And hopefully, once I get my first, I'll be able to kick on. Yeah, how desperate are you for that first goal? Oh, obviously, yeah. It, it's definitely coming, I think. <laughs> and one, once I get it, I'll be fine. Just need to relax in front of goal now. Yeah, there was a good save made from from one of your shots. Last was it last home game? Certainly at Foot's Lane recently. I remember thinking you you were going to break your duck, and the keeper pulled off quite a good save. Yeah, probably should have found the corner. I reckon <laughs> bit central, but we move. Is that always in your mind? You know, you know, because you cover a lot of ground on the pitch. I mean, you seem to have an awful lot of energy. Um, but sort of wherever you pick up the ball, you seem to be very positive. Is it is it always in in your mind that, that when you get on the ball, it's to yeah, it's to try and find an end product. Yeah, obviously, I try to get the team up as high as we can. That's the message. Try and get our defence as high as up because, obviously, if we're sat back, there's more risk to conceding a goal and we don't want that. Mm -hmm. So when I get the ball, try to be positive and then create chances for goals, hopefully. I was going to ask you, but I'm not sure how well you'll know because you're, you're still so young, but the actual step up between sort of Prio and um, Isthmian South Central that we play in, uh, how have you found that? It, it's, it looks quite a big step. I mean, is that what you found? Yeah, it, it definitely is because 
sometimes you get so much time in the prayer, you mm. can get make a few mistakes and get away with it. If you do it in the GFC league, it just won't go your way at times. Mm. Like, for instance, you have a few shots in the prio, that's fine. You you only get one or two a game in the GFC league. Mm. It just comes around like that. Mm-hmm. And the physicality as well, I bet that's, um, they're a bit stronger and a bit more willing to put themselves about in Isthmian South, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, especially to me. <laughs> <laughs> they just see me as an easy target, I reckon, which is fair enough. But hopefully I'll put myself in that situation and try and do as best as I can. I've said it a few times on this pod already this season, but your tenacity is really impressive. There was one a couple of weeks ago where you, you got kicked about six foot in the air um, <laughs> down at Fitz Lane, um, but you, you, you know you got straight back up. You know, when you're sort of heading into that, do you, do, did you sort of steal yourself? Did you think coming into GFC that you've, you've got to be as resilient as you can? You can't kind of let those sort of things affect you too much? Definitely. That's, uh, that's it. You've got, to, you've got to just take it. Like, because some of our team obviously give it, you, you've got to take it. Otherwise, you're only putting yourself down. And then, obviously, it doesn't help the team if a player goes off injured at all. So, you just got to be strong. And in terms of, I mean, talk about the difference in physicality, but also just the general, as we, we use the word quite a lot on this podcast, the, the general antics of other sides, the English sides that we play against. I mean, is that does that take some getting used to the fact that sort of a bloke who might be, say, six foot three, if he feels a slight touch on the back from you or someone, he'll go sort of sprawling out to get a free kick. Does that take some getting used to as well? Yeah, it is. That, that's something I think I need to get used to as well, because obviously fouls, perfect in the GFC league we score a lot from set pieces yeah. ourselves so if we can get more of them obviously that'll help the team out mm. and yeah you just got to try especially on the opposition you've got to try not to give away fouls because they can be so dangerous mm. so you don't want to give anything cheap that's for sure is that something you also sort of get you, you get taught or you learn from um, the more experienced members of our squad? I mean, I'm thinking the likes of perhaps, I mean, Ross Allen's obviously been there, done that. Dave Rioi, Dave Merris. Is that something they sort of try and um, help you along with as well? Yeah, definitely. Especially Ross. Ross always has been a player to help everyone out. And obviously he doesn't give away too many fouls and makes, I don't know, however many chances mm. from getting fouls. Mm. It's just one of them. So he's so good at holding on to the ball, especially, and then drawing that foul mm. and then going down and getting the set piece. But he usually takes the set pieces as well, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. <laughs> yeah, when you look back at this season, obviously, as you said, things have happened quite quickly for you. you come through um, from sort of youth football and from the under-18s yeah, into being a sort of relative mainstay already in the GFC side. Um, and it started so well with that wonderful goal on the first night of the Premier League season. I mean, how big a sort of confidence kind of booster was that to, to play in a big game against Saints and, and, and score a goal like that? Yeah, obviously was buzzing with it, especially result afterwards. We got the win and it was much needed. And thankfully, the North boys have been doing well until now. And hopefully they'll be able to push on to the prayer. Yeah, do you think with you and there's a couple of others in the GFC setup now who were obviously kind of stepped up from North recently? Um, do you think with with you guys sort of involved, you know, North as a as a club would have been um, kind of some way clear at the top of the prayer? I don't know, maybe, maybe, but they have got the depth that they need and they can keep pushing on. I think they've got all all the right to go and win the prayer now for sure. And talking, just mentioning the Ireland under-18s from last year, obviously they went on to win the Stranger, they made history in doing that. Um, how much of that experience doing that sort of so confidently as a team, but against our senior clubs, I mean, how much has that sort of helped going into this season? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's where I grew most of my confidence last year, I think, because obviously being a senior part of the side, some of the boys were, like I say, 16, 17, mm. playing up with us older lads and winning the stranger, obviously, everyone was on us. Mm. And then thankfully from that, I kind of got my chances in the pre at the start of the season and then produced and kicked on to the GFC side. Was it strange playing that final against North? Yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. quite a few of us again, the North lads playing mm. against, and it was it was a bit weird. Mm. Like all of us North boys scored against them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. that being a statistic. Yeah, I can't. Who was in goal? Was Josh in goal for, for yeah. North that night? And yeah. I, I do remember a little mutter at the end of the game. He said, "Well, North have beaten North tonight." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he enjoyed that one. <laughs> and and Frana, just take us back to kind of coming through the youth system as well, because I know you've had it's fair to say a few ups and downs, um, a few serious injuries. Um, just tell us about about that and and kind of the, the stuff you've overcome to get to this point. Yeah, so obviously youth football, I grew through the ranks at Rangers and then moved on to North when I was partly in with the Orma side. And then after that, I kicked on onto the Guernsey Gothia team. During that time, I unfortunately broke both my ankles. So that enabled me not to go to the Gothia, which in time did miss out. But it's one of them things, you move on. And then a few, I grew into the Prio side. Slowly, I think I made my Prio debut within a month of turning 16, which was quite good to get chucked in at the deep end like that. And then, unfortunately, a few months later, I had an accident again, which led to me having 10 months out of football. But thankfully, since then, I've been able to push on with the support of my family and coaches and get back to where I am now. Yeah, it's quite amazing to yeah, break both ankles. Um, was that in a motorcycle crash? Yeah. And uh, I mean, for a young footballer, that must have been such a difficult thing to go through as a youngster. Yeah, obviously it was. It was a tough period, but we got through it. And then I came back even stronger, I think, in my opinion. It was even better than I was before I broke my ankles. And it amazes me now that... You, you don't show, given that you've had, you've got that experience of, of of two really bad injuries, you don't show any kind of hesitation in kind of jumping into tackles and and putting yourself around. Is that ever in the back of your mind? Nah, never. <laughs> it can't be because if it is, you're just going to be more likely to get hurt yourself. Looking sort of ahead to the more well, it's still pretty short term future, but there's a big summer coming up in terms of, sort of Island Games, and obviously there's Marathi at the end of the season. Whatever. Um, what sort of ambitions do you harbour? Those sort of things you want to be involved in? Yeah, definitely for sure. The Island Games. That's something I really look forward to, and being a home Island Games as well. It's just going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Either if I'm in it or not, I'll be supporting everywhere. So hopefully, I'll be able to make it, or at least be in the training squad. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those things that it doesn't come around very often and certainly Vancey will know very well as to winning gold on home soil in 2003 as he did with the team and Val was coaching then. Um, it was such a huge experience for the whole island, the whole community came together. I mean, that must be something I would imagine. I mean, you probably don't know yet because you haven't been part of, a, of an island game squad, but that must be something that an island squad, their target must be gold, I would imagine, for, for this island games coming up. Yeah, I think so. I think we've got the squad too as well. Mm. Definitely a squad to compete especially with so many players playing GFC regularly as well now, for sure. Yeah, and you, you obviously, you know, for a young player, uh, 
like local football's kind of changed quite a lot, probably in the time that you sort of started as a youngster to now the you know GFC coming through. But yeah, is that Island Games and, and Marathi still the the kind of the you know, the main thing that's the sort of top of the list in terms of target? So I not top of my target. I think GFC staying up would be top of my target. I think, and then obviously after that happens, then we push on to hopefully getting in the Island Games squad and maybe potentially pushing in for a Marathi. And I don't know about your own ambitions as a player. Obviously, you've, you know, you've really impressed um, so far for GFC. You know, having seen the likes of, of Ben Acey and, and obviously Alex Scott go off a couple of years ago, is that something that you've got an ambition to do if you can if you can put yourself in a shop window potentially to um, yeah, to move away and play football? Maybe at some point in my career, but for now, I think GFC's where I'm enjoying my football, getting game time, and that's what I need at my age. Just take it as it comes. Yeah. And you've got the Aztec um, uh, top on, you're obviously down there at the, the new centre um, working and I, I went and had a, a bit of a, a tryout on some of the equipment a few weeks ago. You were pretty much top of every leaderboard. Um, what's it been like uh, kind of being able to train down there? Is that making a big difference to, to yourself personally, but also uh, as a squad, are you getting a lot out of it? Definitely. I think all the technical exercises obviously sharpen you up so much. Like, I don't know. And especially going into a game, like the sharpness you take into that is just so different. There's nothing like it around, really, at all. Any tips for anyone who's uh, he's not tried it yet? He's going to be heading down. Just, I don't know. <laughs> be good. Yeah, just, try, just do your best. That's all I can say. Yeah, Gareth hasn't tried it yet, I don't think, but we'll, uh, we'll get you on there. No, well, yeah. have you got any goalkeeping things? For <laughs> we do, we have an erection wall. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a bit old for that now, 42. Maybe if I'd have done it 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, just looking at then to the week, uh, as you say, um, got a game on Tuesday night back home on, um, at Futsane on, on Saturday. Um, how much are you enjoying those those opportunities to play down in front of the crowd at, at, at Futsane? And obviously you came on for your debut, I think, at Futsane. Yeah. Um, what's it like playing in front of a crowd like that? Oh, just something I've always dreamed of, to be honest. I've always wanted to play for Guernsey and being able to do it, especially on home soil. The amount of support you get from the fans is just unbelievable. And have you noticed sort of recently with the tide sort of turning on, we've been getting more results. More people seem to be turning up there, but is that sort of noticeable almost from the pitch as well? Yeah, definitely. They, they are getting louder and louder as we go on and push for that next spot above the relegation battle. Mm -hmm. I think you're getting quite a lot of support as well from behind the goal. Um, is there a lot of kids there that, that sort of friends of yours or perhaps youngsters that you've been coaching at Aztec? Yeah, so I think most of them are members down at Aztec, so I see quite a lot of them regularly. So they're, they're always good fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been fantastic to see them. Uh, yeah, they certainly make a game. din, that's for sure. It's nice to have the, opposite, the opposition goalkeepers having a bit of stick for once. <laughs> it's quite good that way. Yeah, you're definitely getting a lot of support from behind the goal, a lot of support from the stand as well, and it's, uh, it's well-deserved. Keep up the good work. Best of luck for uh, Tuesday and, and, and Saturday and for the rest of the season, and we'll, yeah, we'll catch up in due course. Yep, sounds good. Thank you very much. Brandon Wallace speaking to Gareth and me there, and we wish him all the best for the rest of the season. Looking forward to seeing how he goes. Um, Right, let's turn our attention to Alden and some sad news um, from up there in the last week. Um, Reg Atkins, um, former chairman of the Nomads, who made a massive impact over the sort of 10 years or so that he was involved in the club, um, sadly um, passed away. Uh, Jim, before we hear from James Taylor, who's the uh, the new chairman of the club, 
um, to get his thoughts and pay tribute to Reg. Um, yeah, what, what can you say about him and the impact he had on Alderney football? Uh, Reg was a real uh, force of nature for Alderney football and also, you know, across the GFLM. Um, you know, I've attended a few meetings, remote meetings, where Reg has uh, been making a significant contribution from uh, from down the line. Um, it, certainly, he was never backward in putting Alderney forward, uh, should we say, yeah, and, and fighting for, uh, for opportunities for Alderney. I think... As much as you know, uh, you know, Alderney have had had a good times on the pitch, uh, you know, w- w- under his involvement. But I think what he, his biggest strength, not only just fighting for the club from uh, you know with the authorities, has been actually whipping up enthusiasm in Alderney for, for the uh, for the club, both in terms of you know they've got a hundred thousand vice presidents all paying ten pound a year or something to to make a contribution, uh, and you know and you, you realise when you go to Alderney how important match day is to them, you know with the crowds that that they get and then the income that they get as a result of that. So every home game for Alderney really matters, and I think Reg uh, understood the importance of that and and made sure that he maximised it as well I mean yeah. it's sadly it's been a you know, been a tough year for Alderney hasn't it you know this uh, you know their league position and of course the you know the Ireland games blow earlier in the in the season so uh, you know they need a change of luck for next year yeah I'm sure Reg's impact though will be one that inspires everyone involved in the club to, to carry on and, and one of those who's sort of taken up the mantle is James Taylor the former goalkeeper although he's been back between the sticks recently um, has stepped up uh, as the new chairman and I spoke to him a little bit earlier on um, to get his thoughts on Reg's impact in Alderney football. So um, Reg's first involvement uh, really began um, his affiliation with the Nomads in 2011 um, at the Isle of Wight Island Games and shortly after he became our commercial manager. Uh, this was clearly part of Reg's expertise. Um, he introduced club vice presidents and memberships, which in turn raised vital funds um, for the club, which enabled us to compete at future Island Games and to continue competing in the Prio. Yeah, how much of a difference did he make in those sort of ten years or so? Because I, I, you know, obviously it coincided with a really good time for Alderney football, and um, yeah, was he a massive part of making that happen? Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, he, he was an integral part of the whole sort of uplift of um, football in Alderney. Really, um, he introduced, reintroduced junior football to Alderney, sort of spearheading all the. Uh, modern safeguarding and welfare training that a club is required for youngsters to um, participate in football, really. Um, he went on to forge relationships with the Alderney Sports Commission, um, which allowed participa- participation for youngsters in sport. Um, he was very instrumental in the Nomads achieving the FA Charter Standard Award. Um, that was something he had high on his agenda. Um, Reg's dream really was to help provide a multi-purpose sporting facility for Alderney and the whole community Um, and the first steps in achieving that really was to raise the necessary funds to extend the clubhouse and despite battling with Reg's disease pulmonary fibrosis since 2018 um, Reg has almost single-handedly raised enough funds for this to be achieved Um, so on the back of that, the committee have recently agreed that it's only right that the clubhouse extension be named after Reg in honour of his uh, of his achievements for us. Oh, that's an extremely fitting honour. I know, having spoken to him at length about it, um, yeah, it was obviously something that, that meant a lot to him, and he had a, had a vision for for that place for sure. Um, I mean, what what can you say about Reg as a person and and the kind of the, the determination and the um, the kind of the willingness to make stuff happen that he brought to Alderney football? Reg had a dogged determination to make things happen in Alderney. You know, at, at times, obviously, um, 
he he was so persistent that I think um, some people probably thought he was too persistent. But that was part of Reggie's um, characteristics. Really, is he was he was so infectious. Um, he was and determined to get things done. He would um, remove all the barriers in in achieving things. You know, he even thought you know Alderney should and could um, host its own Ireland Games. You know, his visions um, were completely sort of out there. He um, he always wanted to promote Alderney and nothing stood in his way, really. Yeah, and for you guys as players, um, you know, obviously going out onto the pitch, how, how much did it sort of encourage you and, and, and I suppose uh, increase that sort of pride that you had for, for representing Alderney, that you had someone off the pitch who was, who was kind of, I suppose, working so hard to, to kind of lay that platform for, for the squad and for the players? You know, did that really push you on as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we're fully aware as players, especially some of the long-term players, the amount of funds it takes for Alderney to compete at an Island Games or in the Prio. You know, we're fully aware of that. The fact that we are heavily subsidised and able to uh, achieve that as players paying sort of um, minimal fee, really, to sort of compete at these levels is all down to Reg's hard work and determination in raising those funds. Um, Reg would always sort of explain to us how he's managed to for example, the Gotland Island Games, I think we paid three and a half hundred pounds for a whole week in Gotland, um, including travel. And there was some food included in that. And the ingenuity that Reg um, placed on that to get us there, even though it took us three days um, to get there, it all meant that we could do it at an affordable cost um, to the Alderney uh, players. Yeah, fantastic. And, and for you, James, sort of personally, what were your memories of Reg B? Um, you've been involved in the club, you know, as long as you've been in the island, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what are your sort of own personal memories of him? I've got some personal memories, you know, fantastic. One of them is Reg um, tricking me into buying the first round in Helsinki um, <laughs> of, of whiskies, which cost over 60 quid. Um, <laughs> he clearly was clever in his uh, in his money making. Um uh, one of the biggest ones really would be Reggie's famous crocodile dance that he did for us after we beat the Falkland Islands in the Island Games of Gotland. Um, we achieved a 3-0 win, I think, which was beyond all expectations. And Reggie treated us to his famous crocodile dance, um, which we do have a video of. Um, and I think uh, Reggie's family are quite happy for us to share that um, if you've not seen it, it's it's something everybody must see. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, it definitely raises spirits. Fantastic, and and you know, for you now, James, sort of taking on the role um, that, that you've stepped up to, and sort of um, following on from what Reg kind of um, contributed to Alderney football. I mean, how keen are you personally to, I suppose, build on you know the legacy that he's put there, and and, and kind of take the club to the places that that, or take Alderney football to the places I suppose that Reg kind of wanted to see it go to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more determined than ever to continue the work that Reg did and started. Um, I've said it before, I, I don't believe I'll be able to achieve um, the results that Reg did. But we, as a committee, I've got a fantastic committee behind me. Um, as a committee, we are absolutely determined to achieve Reg's dreams. Um, I, I just want to say that um, on behalf of the family, obviously in 2018, Reg was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis. And in true Reg style, he defied all doctor's expectations. And throughout that time, up until his final days, he was still working hard for Alderney football and community in, in achieving the dreams that he, he wanted. Um, there is no currently no known cure for this disease and the treatment options are very limited. Reg was very determined to help create a bright future for those people affected by this disease. 
and one of his dying wishes was to raise 100,000 signatures for his, for his petition and to have this debated in Parliament to bring recognition to both past and present sufferers. If I can make a plea on behalf of the family for everybody um, to please take a look at the petition and sign it, um, all you have to do is go into your search browser and search for Parliament Petition 622481 uh, and that will come up. Uh, uh, I know Reg's family would be very appreciated for that. And we'll put the link in um, in the notes uh, with this podcast. So, um, yeah, I'm sure everyone will get behind that. Uh, James, thanks so much for your time. And, um, yeah, all the best to everyone over there. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Cheers, Tony. Thanks very much. Take care. Um, right, that's, I think, just about it from us this week. Um, yeah, plenty of football to keep across, though. As we say, an interesting schedule um, in the Premier League this weekend. GFC uh, in action twice. And Jim, you look like you're prime, primed to say something. I'm just wondering uh, next whether we're going to see uh, or who's going to be the first local protagonist of the Luco Nine tackle on Alex Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention that. It's worth seeking out the cliff. We, we tw- I tweeted it earlier from the uh, the Press Sport account. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how would you describe it? How would you have ref that? Piggyback. <laughs> it's a piggy, it is a piggyback. And I think it probably deserved the blatant yellow card that it got. But uh, <laughs> that is one way of stopping him, I suppose. And it's not... It's not uh, going to endanger him too much, but it did stop him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just jump on his back and uh, yeah, jump, jump on weigh his him back down. Yeah, <laughs> just halt his progress as he's trying to get over the halfway line by just not letting him go. Yeah, probably not something I'll be trying uh, in Dib Three. Some players would make that would make that rather uncomfortable experience for the the victim. (laughs) Um, Right, that's probably a good place to leave it. Uh, Thanks very much, guys. We'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press Football podcast. Looking ahead to the under eighteen Marathi. Um, which is uh, down at the track uh, a week on Sunday. Um, it's that time of year, um, so plenty to talk about. Uh, our thanks once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. And uh, yeah, don't forget to pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local sport and football coverage. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.